Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. This week, the Biden Department of Education was caught trying to push critical race theory into schools all across this country, putting out a radical document that encouraged people to, quote, disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression. Is the Biden Look, uh, changing Senator Cruz, soon? How it's sorry, reacting uh, to our Senator reporting? Cruz, Senator Cruz, please. If you're going to be putting out videos, could you normalize the audio? Maybe not be out on a windy day? Because you're talking about an important subject, critical race theory. You're talking about how it is that schools are treating parents. You're talking about an entire class of teachers that is looking to usurp the authority of parents, which, by the way, is paramount and supreme. The parent is always more important than the teacher in the live, in the, in the, in the life of the student, which is the child of the parent. That relationship always comes first. As Fox News is reporting, Minnesota fourth graders were told to hide an equity survey from their parents. Now, I don't even know what an equity survey is. A fourth grade student saying they were given an equity survey. Students told not to tell the parents about the activity. And when they didn't understand the questions, the teachers went over it with them, but said, don't repeat these questions to your parents. We are way too kind to teachers, way too kind to unions, way too kind to administrators. I didn't realize this was such a difficult thing to understand. This is right down the road from me. Fishers, Indiana, right down the road. A story from Fox News over the weekend. Parents from a local community in Indiana are ca- are causing uproar over their school system's voluntary racial equity training that's being offered to staff. Hamilton Southeastern School District is implementing a two-day training program called Interrupting Racism for Children. And according to the website, some key teachings include the relationship between poverty and racism, understanding the lasting impact of historical policies and laws, awareness of how racism adversely affects everyone, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what's important to note here is that we have been discussing this on a local level and on a national level. But when it comes to this group specifically, We have seen that their interrupting racism involves teachings from Ibram Kendi, who is a racist by his own definition, by the own understanding of his methodology. He is a racist. Rich Lowry does a great job of breaking this down. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com. Get the podcast. Support the show. If you listen to Ibram Kendi, as Rich Lowry has, you're left only to understand that if you were to have a mayor in a city who said, I hate black people, and therefore put more cops into uh, the, the, the black neighborhoods to stop crime, that, to Ibram Kendi's methodology, is anti-racist. <laughs> 
if you take a look at his policies and take a look at how he views things, there is no cogent argument to be made other than he would reward the bigot if he got his way. Because the only thing he cares about uh, supposed, supposedly is results. But then if you were a bigot, he would call you a bigot. But if you were getting the results he wanted, by his own definition, he's supposed to like you, but he doesn't. That's what makes anti-racism so irrational. Because it's not about being opposed to racism. It is about hate and teaching it and codifying that certain groups of people are guilty for their existence. Anybody teaching anti-racism is not allowed near children. It's flat-out child abuse. You're going to give surveys to our kids and tell them, don't tell your parents? Sorry, expect parents to go animalistic on you. Expect a fight. You teachers, you educators, you administration, superintendents, expect a fight. These people aren't going no place. It's their kids. And so we're clear. I mean, maybe maybe there has never been a real honest conversation about this to, to the educators who engage in this, because it's not all teachers, which is really bad for those teachers who aren't and get lumped in. So let's make sure it's not all teachers. For the teachers who are engaging in this, not only are you not special, we'd rather fight you. No, no, wait. We'd rather you did your job properly. But if it's for our kids, we're okay with fighting you. I mean, we're really okay with it. Now, let me speak as a parent. I'm a parent. I don't talk about it all the time, but I'm a parent. Any teacher who thinks they're more important than me or my wife in the relationship with our children, that's somebody that, that you got to fight. Now, sometimes that's just a conversation. Sometimes it's a putting someone in their place. Sometimes it's more. Tony, Tony, what are you coming out swinging for? Settle down. Why should anybody settle down when fourth graders are given this kind of nonsensical pseudo-intellectual equity, was it equity quiz, equity survey, and they're told, shh, don't tell your parents. What is, what's next? They give them the survey in a windowless van down by the river? Don't, the minute a teacher says, don't tell your parents, that's a teacher guilty of child abuse. Fire that teacher. Take away their pension. I don't care if they live on the streets for the rest of their days. Administrators need to understand this. Parents love their children more than teachers love power. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I cut too close to the bone? Parents love their kids more than teachers love power, and teachers really, 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 really love their power. That seems obvious. Well, considering you're telling a fourth grader, shh, don't tell your parents. It'll be our secret. The last person to have a secret like that was the uncle that no one talks about anymore. This is, I, I, I put all of this in the child abuse category. You tell a fourth grader, don't tell your parents it's child abuse. Not even a debate. This is just one of the many bits of madness going on. One of the many bits of madness. How about the fact that Anthony Fauci is saying that the government's taking a new look at face masks to focus 
on fighting COVID. Face masks. A vicious mother, isn't he? Yes, he is. We know that they don't work. We've got all the data in the world that shows they don't work. What kind of person is talking about face masks? Fauci. Can't stop himself. Can't help himself. As a matter of fact, it's understandable in his view that people who are vaccinated wear a mask. So it's quite understandable, Neil, why local authorities are now saying good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. It's not understandable. It's ridiculous. A vaccinated person wearing a mask is irrational. For what purpose was there the, the, the vaccine? And then, of course, we have the data that shows the masks don't stop COVID. The difference between someone wearing a mask and not wearing a mask was less than a half a percent. This is, again, this, this nonstop belief in the experts and we talked last week about this this piece from from glenn reynolds over at usa today about the 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 suicide of of, of experts the death of expertise and we're scheduled to get into this with michael walsh uh, he is the author of Last Stands, his latest piece in uh, the new york post about the failures of the fbi the experts have let us down. And the reason why the experts have let us down is that they have forgotten what the deal is. The deal is we'll listen to you. The deal is we'll call you doctor or we'll call you teacher and we'll, 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 we'll pay you and all, we'll, we'll, we'll be deferential and all these kinds of things. You don't lie to us. You don't screw with us. You do what you said you were going to do. When this comes to education, the deal is you educate our kids. And parents accepted the deal and dropped their kids off at school day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. The educators, which became indoctrinators on the college level, decided to bring that down with them as they were getting their degrees in gender studies and then education degrees. And decided, well, we should bring this down to the high school level and then to the middle school level. Why not? You know, it's for the good of the children. And then parents started realizing what's going on. They said, hey, this isn't what we wanted. And then what did the educator say? Oh, you don't even know what you're talking about. And they got backup from superintendents who pat parents on the head. And keep trying to make the radical claim that none of this is happening when we can clearly see that it's happening. We said he, we accept the deal that we will educate our children to be able to deal with uh, society's challenges and move forward. And you guys are, are the experts. We'll put you in charge. But hey, don't, don't mess with our kids. Don't, don't touch our kids inappropriately. Then we're cool. Some, parents, some teachers couldn't do that. And now they're messing with our kids. And now their parents are saying, well, I guess we have to take this back. The teachers are saying, oh, no, 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 no. These are our children. We have to protect our students. They're not your students. What's wrong with you?
What's wrong with you? I mean, they can be your students if you accept the basic premise that first they belong to the parents. And by the way, my children belong to me. They're mine. That's a hard one for some people to understand. Let me do it again for those of the people sitting in the cheap seats. They're my kids. They belong to me. I decide everything. They have no autonomy. Why? Because I love them. What kind of fool gives a child autonomy? That doesn't mean that you give them you don't give them room to grow. Of course you give them room to grow, room to experience things on their own, room to try things on their own. You let them ride their bike first they're riding in the driveway, then they can ride in the street in front of you, then they can ride to a friend's house. Next thing you know, they're riding up and down the 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 Monon, they're riding through the park, they're riding here, they're heading over there, they're doing their things. But you got to keep your eyes open, you got to keep eyes on traffic, you got to be looking at all the th- you got to do the things. Those kinds of things are what parents decide as it goes and grows. Never the teacher. The parent decides. I decide for my children everything and any teacher or educator doesn't like it can go to hell what would it matter to me what would it matter to me if an educator or, or a superintendent liked it or didn't like it who cares what they say well uh, the experts say i didn't ask what the experts said i'm the parent i'm in charge it's like when an expert says well the doctor comes to your room and the doctor comes to the, the you know your appointment well you should do this i'm gonna get a second opinion well i'm the doctor and i said Yeah, I'm going to get the second opinion, because the expertise of the doctor is not the final word. What the experts have decided is not only are they the final word, that you are the problem if you should question their word. But Dr. Fauci told us not to wear masks and then told us to wear masks. And you can say, well, the science changed. But if that's the conversation, then why aren't we just okay with Dr. Fauci? And the answer is, stop defending someone who worked aggressively to be on every side of an issue any chance he could, who's more interested in being in front of a television camera than he is in giving factual advice. And oh, by the way, not the expert in this. I don't trust Dr. Fauci. I trust my doctor. I don't trust Dr. Fauci at all. Because if my doctor said, yeah, hydroxychloroquine, give it a shot, I'd take hydroxychloroquine. Do you think I care what Dr. Fauci or, or any of the CNN fools say? Of course not. I care what my doctor says. The one I have the relationship with. That's who I care about. Does it? Do you think there's any good education that comes from, shh, don't tell your parents. Nope, that's a teacher that needs to get fired, lose their pension, and never be around kids again. As a matter of fact, they should be on a list, and they should have to introduce themselves to their neighbors when they move. Because I can think of a few things more predatory than, shh, don't tell your parents. All of this is about a lack of faith in the experts. Lack of faith in, 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 in the government uh, experts, lack of faith in the educators, lack of faith in the FBI, total lack of faith. Why? Because they broke the deal. So clearly we're going to have to either recreate it or rethink it. I'm Tony Katz.
The anti-Liz Cheney ad. It's good. It, I mean, I'm just saying, as as far as ads go, it's it, it's a good ad. I don't know where you are on on Liz Cheney, the congresswoman from from Wyoming. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. I don't know if you've heard this or not. It's a 30 second ad. Um, yeah. Remember, she benefited from a famous political last name. She sided with Nancy Pelosi and attacked President Trump when he was in office. She supported impeachment, and she continues to attack President Trump today. Hillary Clinton? No, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is wrong about Trump, and she's wrong for Wyoming in Congress. Club for Growth Action is responsible for the content of this advertisement. And it shows Liz Cheney morphing into Hillary. Or, I'm sorry, Hillary morphing into Liz Cheney. Good Lord. I mean, it's just, it's going to hit people. It's going to hit people well. If if you were looking for an ad that was going to be full-on punch in the face, there it goes. It's right there as clear as day. Uh, I don't know enough about Wyoming politics to know how the state feels about her i don't know the amount of money that has been raised i don't know about her political um capital in in the state i know this it's one thing to say i favored impeachment certainly wasn't something you could say while you know heading up certain uh committees where your job is to rally republicans together to the leader's message it's another thing to say that Jim Jordan and Jim Banks aren't good enough to be on this January 6th committee because their actions were despicable. That's throw you out of the party time. And she should not be surprised that there's no room for her. I'm actually surprised she hasn't been taken off committees by Kevin McCarthy yet. Because the argument was she's stays in the party it's just that based on her opinion she can't have this leadership role nobody was saying get rid of her in the party or there may have been some but now you call you speak of of jim jordan and 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 jim banks this way fellow members if you were looking for an out you got it and based on what a pretend uh idea of goodness and and holier than thouness about winning it's about getting objectives through and you still do that with principles i'm tony katz were you born from 19 19- In Michigan, they stripped Governor Gretchen Whitmer of her executive powers. Well, it's about time. And this isn't about whether we agree or disagree on whether or not a governor can make decisions. This is about whether or not a governor can have unfettered power. Now, if you ask me, I think she did a pretty lousy job in michigan but maybe it's just an impossible situation i would always side on and have always sided on the idea that the people can decide and that businesses stay open 
I would not have engaged any shutdowns. Now, when things were first breaking, is that true? Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. The phone number, 833-468-8669. Call in, love to talk to you, 833-468-8669. If we go back to those first couple of weeks, let's call it the first month. If I was a governor, would I lock things down? The answer is I don't know. The answer is possible. And the answer is I would have been wrong. But after a month of that and just everyone, okay, what? Well, this is what we're dealing with? Okay. There's no question I'd get back open. Because what I said at the time was I think what a lot of us said at the time. Those of us who were thinking about this clearly and not, not doing it in a way of, oh, it's not real. I never once said it was a hoax. And I don't think you did either. Said you can't stop, you can't save society by stopping society. And that's the driving mentality. In Michigan, the state Senate approved what's known as the Unlock Michigan Initiative. 60 to 48 vote, largely along party lines, which means it had bipartisan uh, support. Whitmer was using the powers that were granted to the governor by the Emergency Powers of Governor Act of 1945. And now it turns out that she does not have this power. Now, this is, uh, they're looking at this in Indiana, of course. I know Governor Kolka may not want it, but that's too bad. The people, therefore the General Assembly, get to decide. Not just the governor going on for forever and the General Assembly can't do anything about it because they don't have a mechanism by which they can call themselves into session. That's just, that's just not the way that can work. People taking control of the situation matters greatly. And I was happy to see it. Now, this brings us to a video out of Wisconsin that you may have seen. Because when I first looked at the video, I said to myself, holy cow, the cop just planted evidence. When you see the video, you see it from the passenger side, from the, the, the passenger door, you're looking at it, right? And you see a cop clearly toss something into a vehicle. And then put on gloves. And you're like, no way. No way. It's absolutely what it looks like. Except the police department in question is saying everyone holds up. First, let's go into what happened. It was a traffic stop. A vehicle traveling 63 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone. All right. So they got pulled over. Driver identified by her driver's license. Two rear passengers who were not wearing seatbelts were asked to identify themselves, and then they were removed from the vehicle. The front passenger, who declined to identify himself, recorded a video on his cell phone, posted to social media, and the caption read, Cop caught in 4K planting evidence. And he's even saying, I got you on camera, bro. We're all good. And he's like, uh, hey, I, you just threw that in there. Indeed, that shows a plastic bag in the back seat. 
the chief from this police department, the Caledonia chief, the village of Caledonia, released two clips of the body footage, of the body cam footage. And in the clips, you can see that what he tosses back in is what he searched on somebody of. How do I mean this? Sure, let me let me let me go over that right there. Since there were no drugs in the corner tear, the officers discarded the empty packaging material in the vehicle. So let's go over this again. In the video, it shows officers search one of the rear passengers and found what they call an empty corner tear or the corner of a plastic baggie found in the passenger's pocket. It did not contain an illegal substance, but this type of packaging is a common method for holding illegal drugs. The searching officer turned the empty corner tear over to another officer who then passed it to the officer in the cell phone video that's online. And since there were no drugs in the corner tear, the officers discarded the empty packaging material in the vehicle. They found this, they looked at it, said, okay, this is just trash, there's nothing here, and put it back in the car. Now, I'm here to tell you, man, that's something that could get you into a lot of trouble. (laughs) Throwing it back into the car is the problem. Then there's another video, and it it shows the cops from two different angles doing this, and it's clear that there's no drugs being planted. The second clip shows uh, uh, the officer approach the vehicle as the front passenger is seen reviewing this on, on, on their cell phone camera. And after the passenger accuses the officer of, of planting drugs, the officer's like, yeah, because it was in his pocket. I don't want to hold on to it. It's, it's on their body cam that they took it off him. And I'm telling you where it came from. It's an empty baggie at the moment, too. So they're very, very clear, very, very clear about what this is and what's happening. But that isn't what got shared. Ain't that something? It's not what got shared. Finger on the dump, all right. The moral of the story, the reason I bring it up is that there are guys who make money engaging confrontations with the police, selectively editing, and then posting to YouTube. How do you make the cop look bad? How do you make the thing look questionable? All that. And then they do it again. Millions of people are going to watch this guy's video saying, oh, look at that cop planting drugs. And nine people, in addition to the, you know, all of us here, which is a growing audience, and I greatly appreciate it, we're going to know what happened. We're going to have the conversation. We're going to have it right and solid and no issues at all.
That's the problem. They won't even go down the line to recognize the mistakes that they've made. They won't ever correct the record. They'll simply be like, whatever. We got one over on this cop. F them. That's absolutely the way they look at police. F these people. They don't care. As long as they can hurt them, as long as they can do damage, as long as they can shame them, as long as they can attack them, as long as they can ridicule them, as long as they can make their job impossible, they're good. And there are far too many people in America who want that story. And and don't want... They want that story and they don't want the facts. Now, a lot of people are dealing with the facts of what's going on in America. Some people calling it the new socialism. And more and more, you've got Democratic lawmakers who want everyone to get things from basic income, even if they don't work, free health care, free college. This is America's conversation. Every night this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax pushing back on the new socialism, pushing back on people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Bernie Sanders. President Biden's spending programs are already costing trillions as inflation is soaring. If you care about your money, you want to watch Rob Schmidt tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's find out why socialism doesn't really work and how it can actually cost you a lot. Get Newsmax TV on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them and demand Newsmax or you can switch and you can find Newsmax for free on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. You can also download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anywhere. Watch Newsmax along with 30 million Americans because it's news you can trust. Watch it today. You know, we've often discussed the president of the United States, Joe Biden. You, you've seen pictures and and uh, gone over things he said and gone, oh, is it possible he actually said that? Is, does he even understand what he's saying? What is, what is wrong with him? But But never has he said something where I'm like, wait, what the bloody heck is that? And that's where we find ourselves today with Joe Biden. Harris Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. Now you thought it was all about Joe Biden asking if Republicans are sucking the the blood out of children, which I guess was a QAnon conspiracy theory. And I had some people say to me, "Oh, you have to watch it, Tony. You have to understand what are you what are you a fan of Biden's?" I was like, "Okay, we're all just gonna put down the social media for a while and walk away." That's what we're going to do. But then then this happened where Joe Biden is, I guess, off Air Force One, and he's walking 
towards the reporters. And the reporters are asking about immigration. So the question was, does immigration need to be in reconciliation, a pathway for citizenship? And then he tells them there needs to be a pathway to citizenship, whether it needs to be in immigration remains to be seen. I guess he meant reconciliation, not in immigration. But that's just an example of the fact that the man doesn't have it all together. But what is this? What in the world is he saying there? What in the world is Joe Biden saying when he says, What must be what? What must be what? What must be what? So, (laughs) Twitter, sometimes being amazing, said what he's saying is, is, my butt's been wiped. What must be what? What must be what? Now, after listening to it and getting some commentary from people on social media, it's very possible he didn't hear the question, and he only, you know, and he's like, "My what's been what?" That's probably what it is. What must be what? What must be what? But you can't not hear it once you hear my butt's been wiped. What must be what? What must be what? So much better than Kofifi. This is, this is everything. (laughs) Just a great moment of what's happening. But so we're clear, I am not pulling a Ronnie Jackson, the congressman from Texas, the doctor, he used to be uh, Donald Trump's doctor, who believes there's something seriously wrong with, with Joe Biden and he'll resign before the year is out. I have no way of knowing if any of that is true. What I will tell you is I think there's something wrong with the president of the United States. I think the people unwilling to say, hey, this is weird, are so radically partisan as to be believed. They're just radical partisans. But as to what it is, I can't, I can't tell you that. I can take a guess if I'm sitting on the bar stool having a, having a bourbon with you. But I'm not going to play that irresponsible game. No way. That's what they used to do to Donald Trump. Donald Trump walked down a ramp slowly so he wouldn't slip. And it was conversations for a week about whether or not he had the mental acuity to handle the job. Joe Biden. And you don't hear a word. We hated it when Trump, they did it to Trump. Now I'm going to get into that game. Well, Tony, that's how you fight. No, that's how you be a moron. And if CNN has doctors who are willing to diagnose Trump from the comfort of their television studio, they should lose their medical licenses. And that should have been the lawsuits. Suing doctors to have them lose their licenses. Meanwhile, if you've got something, if you have an idea of what Biden said here, you just let me know. Meanwhile, Cuban-Americans protesting at the White House, going after Antifa, going after Code Pink, 
because they know these commie organizations are garbage commie organizations and communism sucks. These people who have lived it, these people who have been in it. Man, uh, that that's the team I'm on. I'm on the team of people who have lived uh, in, in, in the hellscape and want to be free. Absolutely. That's who I'm down with. I'm loving it. Remember, Antifa's the enemy. And the people who support Antifa, also the enemy. Meanwhile, this, this death of expertise. What are we to make of it? And when we talk about the FBI, how does that play out? Michael Walsh, the author of Last Stands, Fiery Angel, Devil's Pleasure Palace. Yeah, he is with us to discuss the latest on the FBI, their failures, and the end of, well, maybe our seriousness in them. This is Tony Katz today.